0: Hey everybody, this is Michael Gabriel and you're watching CMS TV.
1: And Joining us today on this episode, we got guitar extraordinaire who can not only shred with the best of them, but he makes the greatest facial expressions while doing so. And of course, I'm talking about Mr. Paul Gilbert. Paul, thanks for coming on with us. I'm How are doing you doing?
0: Good. I've, I've got Iron Maiden in my head <laughs> uh, lately, the, the Paul, the Paul diano era. <laughs> <like that. laughs> Awesome. Oh, that stuff's so killer, <laughs> man. I love it. Awesome, awesome. Bruce Dickinson's awesome too. Yeah. Of course, absolutely. I've agreed,
1: no doubt. All right, Paul. Well, hey, man. You know, thanks for coming on with us. Uh, let's get, I guess, right to it. Werewolves of Portland, your 16th solo record, and this is indeed a true solo record because you played and recorded every instrument yourself on it um and man i'll tell you i didn't realize you could play drums the way you do too man i very impressive with uh what you've done on this record uh so why don't you just start off by uh having you you i guess tell us a bit about your experience of being the lone musician on the record and kind of when did you realize that you could you know make this happen
0: well playing drums was really fun and and i needed it because you know everybody's quarantined you can't go outside and run around so to, to be able to like move my arms and my legs and Beat on stuff with a stick. <laughs> my hand on the lamp. Sorry. Uh, and uh, that, that that just felt great. And you know, and, and I, I haven't played drums. And I mean, I, I played a lot in over over time, but I haven't practiced in years. So I didn't know if I could do it. I I got together with an engineer, and I just said, I've got this crazy idea. I'm going to try to play everything, and and if it doesn't work, tell me, and we'll and we'll you know we'll we'll fix it somehow but uh we we started with the easiest song and i got through that and then the next next song was the hardest song and we and we got through that and after that i knew i was okay so uh you yeah, know that, that was um you know obviously you can't play live so you you got to you got to make some guesses about what the parts are going to be but it, it it all came together really good excellent man well um, well paul um
1: t- talk a little bit about um when the differences between being in a band environment being versus being in a solo environment I mean as an example for Mr. Big I I assume that you write more toward what you think the audience is going to appreciate where solo maybe you can really stretch out and go with what you appreciate to you know almost to keep your own creative juices flowing is that sort of accurate
0: I would say with well, Mr. Big's been around a long time. In the early days, we just wanted to establish ourselves as a band, sure. and uh, and it was it was a true band. You know? We all listened to each other. We we um would collaborate on the songwriting, and that was uh, that was my dream. You know, I grew up listening to bands. I wanted to be in one, and 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 would, so we tried to make it work the way it does. Uh, as time went on, we we started to you know find our own styles, and you know sometimes I would bring music that wouldn't fit what what really Mr. Big was about. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's when I started, you know, doing my solo stuff and also you know had reformed Racer X because my, my solo stuff at, at, in the 90s tended to be more pop than what Mr. Big was doing. Mm-hmm. And then the, the Racer X stuff was heavier. So it was sort of you know you know a little not the right direction either way. Mm-hmm. Um, later on as I started to get back into blues, I really felt that I had something to offer to Mr. Big again, because Mr. Mr. Big always had the kind of a bluesy edge with, especially with Eric's style of singing. So that's when we reunited in, in around 2009, maybe it was. Um, I was excited about it because I thought, man, I got this whole new vocabulary of blues stuff that I can bring to the band. And, um, and you know, it was just it felt like I it was, it was deeper as a songwriter. It was really, it, it, that was a, that was a, a really good uh, reunion for the right reasons. And so that that worked out great, and I, I like that record that we did um what if I it turned out good yeah um, and and my solo stuff is really different you know over over the years, like my it started off kind of wanting to be a pop singer with with you know crazy solos in the background. Then I did you know instrumental stuff that was a little more um you really not not melodic And in it was purposefully not melodic because I thought melodies were for singers and and if you do a guitar record there's no singer so why have the melody so I, I, was, I was trying to do like what guitar players do which is like a lot of riffs and a lot of burning solos and uh, you know i thought if you know if i want a melody i'll get a singer and then now i'm i'm trying to be the singer on guitar you know by playing a slide and and, and, and trying to write the way a singer would using lyrics and you know basically you know now i'm embracing melody but in order to do that i've had to kind of really Learn a new way of playing guitar because it's very different than the, the way I played, you know, growing up, where the where the singer had that job.
1: No question. Now, now, Paul, um, you know, I listening through I, I want to point to Hello North Dakota, which is the first song that you shared with everybody. It's got such a classic rock sounding feel to it. Um for you it, were, were you going for that style there or is it kind of the product of the environment that you've now put yourself in or is it a little bit of both or just what you were feeling at the moment talk a little bit about that
0: let's see well i mean that that's that's a lot of different stuff in it it um it it, be, it begins with actually the north dakota state song you know like Dakota, North Dakota, it's, it's, it's very, very, and that's not rock at all. And I really had to, had this kind of study to figure that out because I, I, I did it with like a, sort of a Brian May style five part guitar harmony. And I guess in a way that's classic rock because certainly Queen is, uh, you know, a great classic rock band. Uh, so, so I, I kind of took something and, and, you know, then they had some classical sounding things. They were kind of operatic in a way. Um, And then, then I, you know, come into something that's more like the Who or Cheap Trick, you know. And I'm doing like, you know, Almond Brothers style, some slides. So that, you know, it's a really dramatic shift of style, you know, within the first 20 seconds of the song. And then I start getting into the melody. As long as they don't steal my guitar collection. And, of course, I can't sing that well, so I play it with Slide. With it, uh, and, uh, and then,
1: you know,
0: the, the, again, the song has a lot of parts. I, I ended up then going to a part that's... And I don't, I don't know where I got that. To me, that almost sounds like a Zach Wilde Ozzy sure. thing or something. And then I get to more like Van Halen's open string. So there's there's a lot of stuff. That's a really dense song. It's not it's not a you know it's got more parts than I would normally have. Um, and then you know on from there, it's got like a six eight, and that's more like you know like a uh, like a. Uh, you know, pub waltz or something, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's, there's so many parts of the song uh, that, that it's hard to pin it down to one. But it, you know, everything's filtered through me, and and you know, I, my era is 1964 to 1984. You know, from right. the you know, the first Beatles album to the last Van Halen album with David Lee Roth. You know, that's sort of like what I always feel formed my instincts and and, and formed what I'm what I'm looking for. And certainly, uh, you know, I, I begin to explore on both both sides of that era, but that's, you know, you, you can't help when you're born. And and that's, you know, that, that that's when I really was was, was, was listening to the radio, my parents record collection, my uncle's record collection. And that's where that all came from.
1: No doubt. Now when, when you're putting together solo records, I'm assuming you, I'm not going to say like them better than band environment. Cause that's kind of a, you know, it's hard to say you don't like something that you've done for 30 years and you've been massively successful about but I, I have to imagine that writing solo stuff where it's completely your idea set and, and really your, abil- your time to explore on the guitar, which is, you know, your, your number one passion, I'm assuming. I'm assuming that that's more fulfilling for you. Is that accurate?
0: Well, there's different ways to be fulfilled. I mean, I, if, if I had never been able to be in a band, I think I would really... I, I, I really feel that that something was missing you know sure. I, that's that was my original goal i wanted to be in a band and, and I'm, I'm really happy i could you know i mean even as a kid the the uh the, just being in cover bands as a teenager that was great you know and i, and I was always in bands with older guys so they would i would learn um you know they would turn me on to other music you know there's no you couldn't google search back then you know so it would be like man what let's go over to the bass player's house and see what records he has oh, right and and that that you know man he's got Emerson Lincoln and Palmer I never heard of them before you know and, or Utopia you know I always make these discoveries from from hanging out with the older the older cats, and then you know with, with the same thing with 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 Mr Big you know that, I was the youngest guy in the band so I had the advantage of. You know their experiences being on tour you know billy had already been on tour with david lee roth uh pat torpey had been on tour you know opening it for robert plant and, and playing with um you know these you know, all these different people and um you know so I, a lot of times i would just sit back and kind of watch sure you know the pros and and to see what what they did and then and then try to step in and and, and not muck it up too bad <laughs> but, right so so i'm really glad i had that experience now of course the the downside is you come up with something that is a little a little you know that's, that's sort of something that that maybe you would only do on your own like i, I remember coming up with the song green Tin in 60s mind and right, a big song sure. about, That whole that whole thing and and, and I, I wrote all the lyrics and and the, and of course the title, and so, you know here I come to rehearsal and I said oh I've got this song called Green Tinted Sixties Mind and the band looked at me like eh, you know like oh, that's the worst title of ever that's just weird you know can't you write you know how about a song called you know Stone Love or you know, I, I don't know what you know something more normal you know right. and and it was really there was. It, it, uh, i didn't think that was going to end up on the record until like the last minute because you know, the producer liked it and pat the drummer they, they were kind of like ah, I, th- I think it's a good song let's put it on even though it's weird let's let's put it on there and so th- 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 that's just part of my nature that i, I come up with stuff i, I have a feeling if i came to mr biggie I said i got this song called argument about pie <laughs> you know i i don't I, I think it would the conversation would end right there it'd just be like no you know <laughs> and not, to go do that in your solo thing right. and so it, it's really nice to have both things because you know to, to, to play with mr big you know we got to do you know three sold out nights at the Budokan and 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 make some great music that i wouldn't have made on my own because of of the, the sensibilities of the other guys so it's it's um you know i'd hate to have to commit to only one but but certainly uh you know with i mean the other way i remember just having all this creativity and, and things i wanted to do and i knew it wasn't right for the band
1: mm-hmm.
0: so it's uh, it, it's it's really nice to have that feeling that, that people have a sense of who i am as as a person Where with mr big i could be like kind of kind of like this cool i, mean, I don't know what whatever mr big but it was it was a, a version of myself that's, that wasn't complete Mm-hmm. and it was I, mean, I remember being on stage in japan we were we were playing these huge venues and, and you know every, I, I would look into the audience and see you know everybody smiling and i'm thinking there's they have no idea who i really am right <laughs> And, and this is still wonderful and I'm glad they like me, but they don't really know me. And, 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 uh, that's what my solo career's allowed me to do.
1: No question. Now, you, you know, Paul, you mentioned Japan, and I, I wanted to bring this up briefly as somebody, I lived in Korea for two and a half years, right at the beginning of the Mr. Big run. Wow. So, so I actually, I used to take the, the, you guys didn't come to Korea at that time. You stopped at Japan and I used to take the little military hops and see, uh, you at huge places like the big egg in nagoya and places like that and i try to explain it to people just how big you guys were in japan and people don't get it you know they're like oh yeah it's mr big you know i saw him open for rush or something you know and they don't get that in the far east you guys were the beatles of that time you guys and docking for some reason both bands were enormous so in your mind, talk a little bit about why that was. Do you have any idea why it was that the Japanese people or the far East people gravitated so well to
0: your music? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know exactly. I mean, it was certainly was uh it was a wonderful thing. And, uh, but we we were all surprised. Like, I mean, I, I think, you know, you could look at the other way, like why weren't we as big everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, in a way, we're too busy to contemplate. You know, we 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 were just touring, recording, constantly, constantly working, and uh, I, if anything, I kind of remember being on tour in America, and we had had, and to be with you, had gone number one.
1: Okay,
0: and we were we were like doing a you know tour of like big clubs, small theaters, and our manager came and to meet with us, and he said he said you you guys. This is this is amazing what you've done. He said, this is never going to happen again. To, and, and, you know, it, it, ever. So, so you know, so all this extra stuff, the, the work that you have to do now, going on the Letterman show and tonight show, you know, the, the you're, you know, you, I know you're, you're not going to get any sleep because you got to take the red eye to get there. Right. But, but do it now. Cause you're, you, this is, this is it. Out, he, and, he, and he, I guess he knew something about the business <laughs> being a manager. Right, and, right. and he said like, after this, it's going to be all Janet Jackson and and like rap and 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 soul artists, you know, Mariah Carey, rock, you know, it's it's going to survive, but you but you're not going to be number one again. For, right. Forget that. Right. Enjoy it while it lasts. And uh, but we managed to like keep it going in Japan somehow. And so I, I think it was just almost like a delayed. Like, like, almost like, like, what do you call it? Um, like, there's, there's, a time zone difference, like oh, a jet, okay. jet lag. Yeah, jet lag but. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a jet lag of ten years, right? <laughs> no, it's crazy.
1: Well, well, Paul, you, in addition to having the new record out, you also have, uh, you know, new gear with the, um, the Mojo Mojo Paul Gilbert edition. Talk a little bit about that.
0: Oh, I've got a, a, actually two overdrive pedals that are that are of signature. One is the the Mojo Mojo, which I've been using for years. It's, it's a really simple, I mean, sometimes I think of it, it's like the Toyota Camry of of overdrive pedals, which is that it, it just always works. It, it's always, it, it, it's, it's, there's nothing really like, there's no bells and whistles. It's, it's, uh-huh. it's, it doesn't do like crazy stuff or it just sounds good and it works. And you're, you're sort of glad you brought it to the gig. Sure. Um and then the, the other one is a, a, a JHS uh, PG 14 overdrive and I use them together. Okay. You know, I'll, I'll either have one or the other or both on, it gives me a variety that way. And, and that one is, is much more of a Ferrari. You know, it's, it's like you, you got to spend time tweaking it and it, you know, it's it, not that it breaks down, but there's it, it a lot of adjustment to do. Uh-huh. You know, it, it's, it's more, you know, a little more high powered engine and there's been, the settings really mean something. You, you can, you know, you can get it right you can get it wrong, you know, so, but, but wrong could be interesting. Hmm. So that, that one's uh, that one, you know, has, has different characters, but the, uh, you know, they're both together and you're, you're unstoppable.
1: Right. For, for you personally, when you put your, put yourself into working on a, a new pedal or, you know, new gear in general, whatever it would be, even, you know, amps or any of that kind of stuff, Do you do it because there's something in your playing life that's missing that you want to see if you can fix or do you do it because, you know, this pedal company reaches out to you and says, Hey, we'd like to do a signature signature pedal with you. What do you got? You know, what, what goes into your decision
0: to work on gear? Well, it's, it's, it's funny how little, I mean, I've always, you know, been into guitars and pedals and airs, but, um, you know, as as a kid, I couldn't afford a lot of the, 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 the I couldn't afford anything new, right? <laughs> and, and it may be a new pedal, but I couldn't afford a new guitar. And and so, um, I don't think I ever even played a, a Fender Stratocaster, you know, until like it was in my thirties. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually, I, I had a, I had a Les Paul when I was a teenager because we found one used, really cheap,
1: sure.
0: And but I didn't even know what it was, you know. So so you know, it was before google you couldn't you couldn't research you couldn't research stuff so um you know a lot of the details that go into an instrument i i didn't even like scale length you know, it's, which is a big deal like be, between like a strat and a les paul there's the, the different length of a neck and it really changes the feel i didn't even know that you know right. so a lot of the a lot of the stuff that i've that is it goes into what makes a guitar feel a certain way i'm still figuring it out huh. um but, but um i, I would not to say like uh, I am like anybody. I I now that there's YouTube, I'll go on and watch pedal demos. And you know, there's this guy named Andy who who actually I found out he lives in Portland where I live, but I I would watch him all the time goes, "Let's see what flanger he likes." And uh and, and I'd check it out and I just, you know, buy one and and, and you know, cuz I, I I have a career, sometimes the companies will work with me, but um like the, the the Mojo Mojo was, it, it was perfect when I got it. You know, I, if anything, I just didn't like the color. I thought it well, <laughs> didn't like match my other pedals. You know, I, I tend to have like bright colored pedals and the, and the Mojo Mojo was brown. Right. So I'd be sitting there looking at it going like, man, this thing sounds great. You know, I, I wish it were purple. And then so that, that's what they did that. And and they, they said, well, as long as we're, it's going to be a signature pedal, we got to do something to it. And I said, well, there's a switch on the top that I never use. Mm-hmm. So why don't you just make it so that switch is like preset, to the the setting where I use it, and then put it like you know in its place. Put a switch that makes it go to eleven, right, and so that's right. what we did. So you know you can you can get it to sound exactly like the brown one, or if you need some more, you can you can you can boost it up a little more because sometimes. You know, with the mojo mojo it's actually a fairly conservative pedal you know it doesn't it doesn't go really crazy mm-hmm. but with mine you can you, you can make it go to 11 so you know if you if you want it to go a little crazier it will
1: right there you go a spinal tap moment right
0: <laughs> all spinal tap is real that's a, that's that's nonfiction. <laughs> of course
1: well uh well paul you know no secret uh the the rock and metal world lost arguably the greatest influence in our time teddy van halen and, you know, as a guitar player and somebody that was certainly came up in his era, I'm assuming huge influence on everything you've done, especially even when you go back to like Green Tinted and Sixties Mind. That was, you know, that intro was so different from what everybody was doing and the backwards masking. You know, it was so different, which comes out of stuff that everybody kind of saw Eddie Van Halen doing different things. So for you as a player, you know, I'm not going to ask you, were you influenced? Cause I know you were, but yeah. talk, talk a little bit about his influence and you know, what his passing means to you as a, as a player, not necessarily as a,
0: you know, human being. Yeah. Well, I, I, at that time I couldn't figure out the solos, you know, right? I, I mean, I'd get a thing here or there, but they were, you know, I was 11 years old when the, when the first Van Halen record came out. And I actually, I had seen my uncle, because my uncle had the record, and he was much more advanced guitar player, and he had done the tapping. Thing. Was it? I get the real strong. Sound. So I, I kind of had an idea what that was. Now I couldn't do it, but, I, but at least it wasn't a, a big mystery. Uh-huh. But the thing I would gravitate towards would be the rhythm parts. Okay. Because those, I, 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 could, I had a fighting chance of figuring them out. And just the way Eddie played... Um, it's some stuff that on the surface would be simple. Like you really got me the kink song with two chords, and but the way the Kinks would play, you know, or it's in G or you know, whatever key it's in, you know, they'd, they'd play like a power chord where Eddie would would play it, right? And he has this this thing where he'd do a quick chicka right into a single note, right? And, to, and that's really hard to do, to get that. Like, uh, how, the, any of my, well, I'm, I'm working on it. My, that's, <laughs> I show that kind of stuff to my students a lot, right? where I make them do a chica and then a single note. And that humbles people. Right. Like, oh man, you know I can do a note and I can do a chicken, but to do them together and have the transition be clean and that quick, and that's something that I developed from learning Eddie stuff. And uh, but just a sense of time too, like you know a song like Little Dream or like the. <laughs> The one uh, is, and that's that's jazz right so, he's over the, he's over like the minor five chord and, uh, I mean I'm, I'm getting chills just hearing <laughs> it. and that the, you know he got that from his dad because his dad was a jazz clarinet player
1: sure
0: and so a lot of what he does is, is really informed by growing up in in the jazz house he was trained as a classical pianist so you know the, the his where he was coming from in terms of what he heard was pretty sophisticated and of course you know then, then you know you, you 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 shake you you added a, a big dose of, of you know rock and roll black sabbath and 10 years after and you know the um the shuffles he had were so amazing all you know, stuff like the full bug <laughs> of course the thing with with eddie too is eddie van halen was eddie van halen and alex van halen right and 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 that's that's made to me that's that's no more so apparent whenever you hear eddie without alex which is like you hear eddie do the beat it solo Uh first first time i heard the beat it solo i remember i was i was was a kid i was like washing the dishes or something and i I go like man who's this guy ripping off eddie (laughs) (laughs) because because it it was so it it didn't feel like him right it, it sounded like the licks and obviously it was him but but without alex it's like half the soul was missing, and and it, it's it, it it didn't have the same life right, that right. that it had when when Eddie was playing with Alex. And I remember you know seeing Eddie like you know he started doing guest spots on TV like he'd sit in with the David Letterman band. Mm-hmm. Of course he's was, he was great, but the, the the difference in like how he would move you compared to when he played with his brother, sure, it was like a whole different world. You know, and and you know, and then that time Eddie was was you know I was. I was so much into his playing that, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I may have been, I may be more critical than a normal person, (laughs) but to to me, like, you know, you take Alex away and it's just like, you know, he's, he's still great, but it's not the same. Right. And, and and that's, and I think they, I think those guys had a sense of that, which is why they hardly ever. Mm -hmm did anything you know without each other you know they, they, i don't think alex ever played with anybody uh, ever never
1: no you're right yeah you're definitely he knew. Right. yep he definitely did well i'll tell you what paul let's uh let's tell people one more time about the new release it's werewolves of portland um it's paul gilbert and paul where should we tell people to go to get the new record and hear it and tour dates oh, if man, any, let's see.
0: well so, you, you, can, uh, you can go to my website as always uh you know i've, I've got an instagram uh, channel that uh, Paul, Paul Gilbert underscore official. That I, um, it you know, it's it's me. I've actually, actually, <laughs> the, the Facebook and Twitter is some uh, you know, that, that's that's my business manager guy, but the right. um, the, the, the Instagram's me. And uh, I also have an, an online guitar school where I, I, I teach all the time. I've done like eleven thousand video lessons on there, um, and and I can listen to you play. So that that's pretty cool. And it's with a company called Artist Works, right. and uh, and of course check out my the new videos that I made for the song Argument About Pi, on YouTube, and uh, also a song called Werewolves of Portland, and uh, it's it's the only uh, I think the only instrumental song with a lyric video, which was Argument About Pi.
1: Very good, man.